We have a virtual guest today through the World Wide Web. Thanks for downloading and listening to the Backstage with the Simple Church podcast. My name is Evan. I am the host. I'm solo today, but not by myself. I'm with John Collins, the paper airplane guy. And John, we are so excited to have you. Thanks for coming on with us. Hey, Evan. Uh, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. All right, John. So I know who you are. We've been researching you for about three months now, been talking, but there might be some people out there who don't recognize the name. Tell us who you are and what you do. Well, I, uh, you hit it. You hit right on it. I'm uh, John Collins, the paper airplane guy, a world record holder for paper airplane distance. And, is it on your business uh, card? Do you have that? <laughs> it is actually on my business card. I should have That's one right awesome. here. It's actually you flip it over and it's got the it's actually got the world record certificate on it on the if back. If I had of the one, I would card. brag too. That's amazing. <laughs> well, it is what I do for a living. I throw paper airplanes for a living, and so you know, uh, it, I do have the world's best job. So I'm I'm right up front with that on the business card. <laughs> That is awesome. So that's what you do. Where are you? Where do you live? Tell us about your family, who you are. So uh, I'm uh, currently in Marin County, California, uh, where I've been for the last, uh, wow, we're getting, we're closing out on 40 years, uh, 37 years. Uh, Yeah. So it's, um, it's been a great ride here in the Bay Area. I, I, uh, you know, uh, made a living doing television as a, both as a director and then uh, on camera talent later. Uh, and and then started a commercial uh, department, you know, creative services department for a solar power company, and and that was fun. And then when that came to an end, um, I decided to transition to full time paper airplanes, and so that's that's where I am now, full time paper airplanes. That is not a college major that most people choose. So how did that start? What did that look like for you? How did that end up being a full time job as the paper airplane guy? Well, it, it just kind of crept up on me. I you know I as a kid, I always loved things that that fly, you know, the, the, you know, insects and birds and all, all kinds of birds that fly different ways. And then you have all these kind of man-made uh, machines that, that fly, you know, full-size planes, helicopters should say human-made, not man-made. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Everybody's making everything <laughs> these days. So, uh, um, so we went from a fascination with things that fly to, you know, starting to build my own airplanes using paper. Uh, and like everybody, and you know, I had, you know, a little bit of success and then, you know, things, you know, you could kind of see difficulties. And so I, I took the folding about as far as I could uh, myself and then started studying origami, the ancient art of, of uh, Japanese paper folding. Well, I mean, it's popularized by Japan. It actually started in China. Uh, huh. People think I of it as a that. Japanese thing. Yeah, yeah probably, you know, <laughs> probably around the same time paper was invented around, you know, 300, 200, 300, somewhere in that zone. Uh, and then um, the, the Japanese really pushed it a long way, but it's all over the place. Um, there's a, a rich Spanish tradition of paper folding. Um, pretty much every continent has its own little uh, paper folding tradition, which is really cool. Um, so I studied that with an idea toward taking all of those tricks, those um, paper folding tricks, those tools back to making paper airplanes. So for about 10 years, that's what I did. Uh, studied that, perfected that. Well, not perfected. I'm not as good as a lot of people at paper folding. Oh, I but, think you're uh, being humble. <laughs> <laughs> I took all those tricks back to making paper airplanes and the quality of the planes went up and the planes started doing interesting things that kind of required me to study the aerodynamics involved. And I would come up with an aerodynamic idea and see if I could fold it. And um, so it became this sort of virtuous feedback loop where I would invent something, figure out how it worked, and then figure out how to make it do it even better. Um, and, so did you have a uh, science it, background? Were you into planes before that? Or really just diving into paper airplanes specifically? 
Well, I, I've always loved the idea of, of math and science. I exceeded in those two things in school or excelled in those two things in school. So the science behind how things fly was just another delicious area of science for me to study. Uh, so um, I don't have a degree in science. <laughs> I don't have a degree in math, but I, I enjoy you know being able to build things with that, that set of tools as well. So John, when you were doing that and you started getting into it, what does that look like? You're 10 hours a day, you're folding paper, you got stacks in the corner. How does that look like where you're doing it like full time, really diving in? <laughs> well, there, there were frequently stacks of paper in the corner. No, <laughs> let's be clear. <laughs> but it's really, you know, I had a full time job. I was a television director at the time and doing voiceover work. And so uh, I had a, usually had a, a full schedule during the day. There'd be time between shows and, you know, occasionally you'd uh, get called in for jury duty or something like that, which is, that's prime paper folding time right there. <laughs> Most of the jury duty anyway. <laughs> you didn't throw them in the courtroom, did you? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, there's no, yeah, you don't fold in that. the courtroom. It's, it's like all of that time when you're waiting to find out if you're going to the courtroom there we and doing go. all the last, last minute chicanery between the lawyers. There's always, um, it seems like there's plenty of time before you actually get busy on jury duty. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I very fondly remember going to the book fair as a kid and getting the Guinness Book of World Records, flipping through it, looking. You mentioned uh, that planes progressed. Do you know, like, the history of airplane throwing? Is there, like, a story? Is there, a, like, a famous person that inspired you in paper airplane throwing? What made you kind of go towards the Guinness Book of World Records? Well, uh, it was completely selfish reasons. <laughs> I was noticing. <laughs> Thank you for being honest. If your book said, <laughs> oh no, honesty, yeah, always. <laughs> if your book said world record holder across the cover, you could sell a few more books. And so I thought, you know, I ought to get me one of those. Uh, and I thought it was going to be real easy. I, I thought that my airplane designs were good enough and all I just needed was somebody to throw them really, really hard. Uh, so I went into this thing with a certain amount of swagger and a lot of hubris. And then when you watch somebody who can really throw, uh, throw one of your paper airplanes hard for the first time. That is a very humbling experience. <laughs> you realize that half of this task here is getting a plane to survive the throw, <laughs> yes. which I so, did, did not realize how difficult that was going to be. I would have uh, never right thought off. about that. No, but speaking of humbling, we had our staff do a contest and we made a video this past week in our own staff meeting, trying to throw the paper airplane. And there was a lot of people that were humble. It was very humbling to try to remember how to do it and make one that actually flies. It's harder than I think most people think and assume. And every event, doesn't matter whether I'm at a science event or just a, you know, like a maker fair or whatever event that I'm at, somebody will just dead serious, walk up and grab a piece of paper and fold it like they're going to, it's like throwdown time, man. I got a plane that's going to really challenge, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, they, they're for sure going to beat me, you know, and it goes out, it goes, you know, about 15 feet and crashes and they <laughs> about oh, yeah. face walk away. <laughs> As they should. <laughs> As they should. Well, you know, and what they haven't done is just like the two simplest adjustments to get the plane to fly. They probably folded a really good design. They, you know, there's just a couple of really easy things that most people can do to almost any design that will make it fly better. And, you know, that's, um, I, I always give away those secrets uh, when I'm teaching people to make the plane in person because, it, you know, I want you to be able to make my plane work, but I want you to be able to make a paper airplane work. So that's, uh, it's a couple of, of really simple things. And usually I can pick up that guy's plane and make it fly. <laughs> oh, yeah, which probably makes them even matter. <laughs> if they've stuck around that long. Uh-huh, they haven't stormed a, off. Yeah, if it's a kid, they want to know. If it's an adult, they're just like done at that moment. But yeah. So you mentioned writing books, though. You have a great book. You've written more than one book, but the one that I got was the newest one, The World Record Plane. It's really fun. It's really cool. Tell about that. And is that something that you had always wanted to write books? Did you dreamed of doing that when you got into paper airplanes, they go hand in hand or did that kind of come later? 
Well, I, once I started getting a collection of planes that I really liked, it sort of seemed obvious that nobody had a book of this, exactly this little tiny niche here, this high performance origami, you know, folded only planes. And so I thought, you know, I started thinking, you know, a few years before I actually did the book that, that maybe I should. Uh, and then, you know, once I got 24 planes that I really, really liked, uh, it was kind of, kind of obvious and, you know, shopping the idea around, I, I didn't get turned down by, you know, all these millions and millions of publishers. I think the second publisher I sent it to said, yes. So I think it was That's uh, pretty good. It, yeah. It was obviously just a good idea. Right. And, yeah. and my enthusiasm for it. And, <laughs> and I had a couple of little ideas. I put flip through animation in the margins so that you could see how to do the complicated folding. Um, you know, you never know if you're going to get to do another book, you know, doing a book's a fun process. It's hard work, but I thought, you know, I'm going to put everything that I can put into this book. And so, um, and that's, by the way, the way I approach all my books, I said, everything I know is going in. I'm not leaving out the good stuff. <laughs> there you go. So what are the books have you written? So uh, the first one was uh, The Gliding Flight. Uh, the second one was Fantastic Flight. The third one was uh, the New World Champion Paper Airplane book. And then I decided to write really kind of a best of book. Uh, which is the one that you've got the world record paper airplane. So that's every plane in my now world famous paper airplane show. I go all over the, all over the globe, throwing paper airplanes, doing science shows, doing corporate events. Uh, you know, <laughs> I've, I've been to, to Italy, I've been to South America, uh, been to, uh, you know, Bali and Singapore and uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Lithuania. <laughs> I've been everywhere wow. throwing paper airplanes. It's really You're been this add. incredible journey. Yeah, you're going to add beautiful scenic Shreveport Bossier to your list on April 17th. Have you ever It'll been to Louisiana? Be right, up, right up there with China and India. Yeah. Um, uh, no, I have been to I have been to Louisiana. I, I like uh, I like the Big Easy. It's a it's a nice. fun fun place to be. That's right. So unfortunately, though, New Orleans, you know, is the bottom of the boot. We're the top. Very uncased. Well, we're basically East Texas. <laughs> so don't come in expecting New Orleans. But we're gonna have a good time. I've spent pl plenty of time in Texas as well. You got family you in go. Houston. So <laughs> oh, awesome! Yeah, so there you go. You know. That's great. So the reason you got all these speaking things, the reason it really took off was you broke the world record. You got it on the screen behind you. You got your backdrop made. Talk about that day and what that was like going and breaking the world. Because I'm guessing you had done stuff before, but that's really what put you on the map and got you all that attention and the ability to do that. Yeah. So the world record, um, that was kind of a key, a key moment. Um, and uh, we had, this was our second attempt that we made in this space. The first space we were in was uh, actually down in Mojave in a spaceship hangar which I thought really? would just be off the chart cool to break a world oh, record with paper airplanes yeah. in a spaceship hangar. And it turned out that um, two things were kind of working against us in Mojave. The ceiling was just a little bit too short. And then, and, and it's really, really warm. And I think the air was just a little tiny bit too thin. We had, we came within 10 feet down there, but um, so we made some world-class throws, but not quite world record throws. Um, and then when we moved into this space, um, the temperature was lower, it was between 50 and 60 degrees, kind of a, that ended up being a, a real sweet spot for us. And the, and the space was just bigger. And so um, every time we practiced in this new space, I made a couple of small changes to the plane. And the biggest one was the paper that we were using. And the second biggest one was the angle, the wings were attached to the plane's body. Um, and so having made those two adjustments, and we started throwing in this space just about every time that year we practiced in here. In fact, every time that year, we broke the record three out of 10 times. So we were pretty sure we were going to do it on World Record Day. Uh, and that made it even more exciting. I mean, I, I wasn't eating. I wasn't sleeping. I was, <laughs> just like, I was like a kid on Christmas morning. You know, I was like, oh, I, yeah. it's going to happen. This thing we've been working on for three years is finally going to happen. Um, and uh, the guy who had uh, given us permission to use the hangar, Randy Fry. 
um, of Fry's Electronics. I don't know if that. You oh guys yeah, have Fry's? we have Fry's. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so yeah, so that's Fry's is no longer a thing, but um, he was the person who um, had leased this hangar, and so and he's a, a great pilot in his own. Flies jets, flies multi-engine planes and stuff. So the day starts with him circling the airfield in one of the Patriot jets because he is a part was a part owner in that team and, and knew how to fly those little jets. So he's circling the airfield. He comes in for a landing, the hangar doors open, you know, it's kind of this moment where the crowd comes in and, and uh, we're getting ready to start making attempts. And um, we have one plane that uh, my thrower, Joe, is just, he's just throwing, you know, one week old planes that aren't, we're not going to use for competition. One goes up and does this little tiny loop at the top and then glides all the way across the world record mark. This is in practice. And it was just a terrible plane. We weren't going to throw it on world record day at all. And that we didn't count that as a, as a thrower or anything, but it was just this really funny little moment. We had never seen a plane do that before or after that. So that, that was like a one-off one little tiny loop and cross the world record mark. <laughs> so you said it was a week old plane. When do you actually make the ones that you were going to attempt the record? Is it day of, is it two days? Do they need to rest and like be seasoned? Uh, actually the, the fresher they are, the better they are. You can usually get the wings a little bit flatter. And so usually they're folded within hours of the time that we're going to try to do anything with them. So that means getting up very, very early and folding some planes. <laughs> Which I'm sure <laughs> you didn't mind about, <laughs> No, I wasn't sleeping anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so, uh, um, yeah, so it takes about 23, 25 minutes to make one copy of the plane. So you just kind of back time uh, when you're going to need those dozen planes that you're going to take out there with you. So um, yeah. so usually fold, you know, at least a dozen. I think we had 21 planes on world record day. And you just take the, the six that work the best and start throwing those and see which ones of those work better. And you get 10 official throws. And so um, we were we were really excited. We knew we were going to do it. It was just a matter of how much we were going to break it by. And we'd broken it. We'd thrown 240 in practice, and the world record's only 226. So um, there's a lot left in the plane. But uh, on throw number four, you can hear, hear me say on the video. Okay, We've just shown about, the clip, you know, and people can go watch them. I'll put a link in yeah, the show notes. <laughs> just like, you know, 85%, 90%, don't go all in. You know, just take it easy. Just throw, you know. <laughs> and, you know, Joe just puts it out there, and it looks exactly like every throw that had broken the world record, you know, in practice. It just... You can hear me say right off the top, that's going to do it. You know, that's, that's, you know, it's, the color that's commentary that's the, is great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and it does it. That's throw number four. And, you know, people go nuts. You know, my heart's soaring. You know, the confetti cannons are going off. And, you know, it's, it's everything that that moment should have been. The, the guy that I, I just broke the guy's world record. He was there. Ken Blackburn, who's a, uh, used to be a world record holder for Time Aloft, was there. So, Really? That's really, a good sport of him. Did you know him before? <clears throat> Did you guys meet through paper event, airplane events? I had, I had met Ken Blackburn once before, uh, I think. Um, and we had, we uh, met subsequently at Red Bull for uh, world finals in, in Austria. I had, I had not met, uh, the previous world record holder. Um, and we just sort of had done some email exchange. He had seen me practicing to break the record. So he knew the record was going to get broken. Uh, it's pretty clear. I had, you know, put put up a couple throws on YouTube that were longer than his world record by a lot, <laughs> and so he kind of knew that, you know, it was coming. His yeah, his time was was up. <laughs> in fact, that's the only thing you know about being a world record holder, right? Someday you're not gonna be. <laughs> that's, that's you don't know a when. Great point. Somebody's gunning for you. <laughs> Somebody will do it. Somebody and they have to. That's the whole point of records. Is somebody's gonna that's go right. break it. So. So let's back up to Red Bull, though. So Red Bull would do a paper airplane event or it was with the other things added on. What would you do with Red Bull? 
So Red Bull does every three years. In fact, it's happening this year. Um, there's there's probably a qualifier somewhere in your general vicinity. They're doing right now qualifiers for people to go compete at uh, the International Paper Airplane Contest. Uh, which they do. They every three years they do it. They have it in this really fancy schmancy hangar in uh, Salzburg, Austria. Um, yeah, they if you qualify, they fly you out. They put you up for a weekend, and it's just it's a paper airplane festival. They have distance competition. They have time aloft or, or duration. Uh, the high end competition is really aerobatics. That's where you find out how good people really are, um, huh. and that's uh, it's really an amazing uh, event. That's uh, awesome. You know, yeah, lots of paper airplanes, lots of Red Bull, <laughs> yeah, and lots of beer. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I've seen the one where you have to build like your own flying machine, right? Where they go off the ramp. I can't remember the name of that event that Red Bull does. Oh, that's but they, uh, that's that's Flutog. That's that's, that's uh, got even less to do with aerodynamics <laughs> than the paper airplane thing. <laughs> the videos are great. I have yeah. seen that, but I had no idea they had paper airplanes. There you go. We'll have to look up and see if there's a qualifier. Yeah, it might. There might be one nearby. I, I I should have looked that up before we went on the air. Oh, that's uh, all right. But, I'm gonna look yeah. it up. I'll put it in the show notes for the podcast. See if we can find something. That'd be a, really fun if anybody wanted to go do that. I love paper airplanes as a kid. I know a bunch of people in the paper airplanes that are super into it. Fun. In fact, we did a couple more videos promoting it this week. And one of our high schoolers, we said something. He's like, "Oh, I like making paper airplanes," and he made like ten of them for us for for props <laughs> for video. So I so I know Excellent. it's exciting. People get into it, and we are gonna have that chance on Easter Sunday with you. Some people might be able to build the best paper airplane they've ever built because you are going to be there live in the room helping out on Easter. We're excited to have you come out and you're going to be there. You're going to be on the stage and they've got valuable prizes. I don't know if I've told you this yet even. This week, Justin, our pastor, decided that if somebody can land the paper airplane on the target on stage, they will get free airfare for them and their family anywhere in the country from Simple Church. That's the state. Wow. So we're going to wow. pay and send them somewhere if they can do it. There'll be a target. We're making the target. We haven't done the sizes yet. There'll be rings and there'll be other prizes, but the grand prize in the middle will be going a flight for four, if a family, anywhere you want to go. And we are going to have some fun with that. We've got all kinds of bright colored paper. I don't know the weight and specifics that might affect. We'll have to get you some samples ahead of time and make planes and get up at four in the morning that day so you can really get some fresh ones. But we will try to go and get some people there. So when you're coming on that Sunday, you actually go around the country, you do events. You've done virtual events, I saw, for schools and kids. What does that look like? Tell us a little bit what's in store. You're going to help us to become experts there on the Easter Sunday. Well, of course, uh, everybody who shows up will, will learn the two basic adjustments you can do to almost any paper airplane to make it fly better. But you'll also learn a little bit about you know, how stunt planes work, how you get a plane to circle back. I've got a plane that flips over and flies back upside down. I got one that flaps its wings, a couple that flap their wings. Uh, you know, some that I can fly pilot around the room with a piece of cardboard. So I'll demo a lot of these ideas. Uh, and, um, you know, it, it's there. These ideas are available online or on my YouTube channel. Of course, they're in my book. Yeah. Uh, but you don't have to spend a nickel to learn how to do this. <laughs> but the book <laughs> is great. To. I do just want to plug the, the book because we bought some. We tried to do some. And I'm going to say I was not advanced enough. I was not smart enough. But I know there's some people <laughs> that can. We tried some of the fancier ones. It's pretty intricate, but it's really cool. And I know that you've gone and with, again, seeing some clips of you, there's some that do some really incredible stuff, a boomerang and loop. And like you said, with the cardboard is awesome. We're going to have all that live on that Easter Sunday. We're going to have kids in the room. So bring your family, come hang out. It's going to be a lot of fun. And then you were actually gracious and said that you'll do a meet and greet. We'll sign some autographs and have the book there that day. And you're going to donate the proceeds to help the military families that we're reaching out and helping this Easter is awesome. It's, we like to say that giving is contagious. It's fun. People get excited and do it. And you definitely caught that and we're thankful for that. So. 
If they want to meet you, if they want to get the book that day, if you want to order it on Amazon ahead of time and practice so you can win the prize, we'll put the link in the show notes for that. It'll be good. But it's really cool. It's a lot of fun. We're excited to have you do that. And again, we want you to have some of those trick ones to be out there. It's really actually something <laughs> to see. And my, I'm looking forward to, based on the staff contest we did last week, was Justin, our pastor, trying to throw some of yours because I saw Conan not do it well. And it's a lot harder than it looked. Everybody comes in, I think, a little cocky. And they look complicated. <laughs> the throwing is is critical. And it probably if I studied it carefully, there's like slightly different throw for each one of the planes that I demonstrate. Uh, and it, it does kind of get to be second nature for me. Somebody pointed out the other day that I'm popping my fingers open like that when I throw instead of having one finger kind of lag on the side of the plane. So that was like a new thing that I started telling people to do, like pop your fingers open when you throw it so that you don't make it veer one direction or another just from the extra drag from one side of, you know, your thumb or your, your forefinger catching on it. I didn't even realize I was doing that. Somebody went, hey, do you, you, you check that out? <laughs> oh. It's another thing I'm just doing because I've done it so long. <laughs> Ten years of yeah practice, you've learned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so we lost for a minute. Yeah, but go back to the thrower though, because you didn't actually throw the plane. You had a former college quarterback throw it for you, right? And you had three different guys try that didn't work out quite right, and we're breaking the airplanes in half. Talk through that process of yeah, interviewing so, yeah. paper airplane throwers. <laughs> Yeah, first of all, it's like asking a real somebody who's a professional athlete to like throw a paper airplane. It's, it's a lot of uh, there's danger fraught in there all the time. Uh, but the first guy, he had such really big hands. It was tough to see exactly what he was doing when he was holding the plane. So he was and he was holding him so tight, he kind of deformed him just just because his hands were so large. So that really wasn't going to be a winner. Uh, and then the second guy that I had. He was really an excellent quarterback and uh, he would, most quarterbacks throw, you know, if, if this is the front of the ball, they kind of start like this. And so they spin their wrist as they throw and that motion that his twisting right there was so fast and so snappy. He was tearing the plane in half. And so, yeah, you never would think of, right? I did not expect that to be a problem. <laughs> and then uh, Joe, the third guy I worked with, uh, had played at uh, Cal right after Aaron Rodgers. He was the next guy up after Aaron Rodgers. He Dang. also played a couple years of arena ball, uh, never made it to the NFL. But the best thing about Joe was that he had switched from being a baseball pitcher in high school to being a quarterback. So yeah. he was fluent with changing his mechanics to fit into a sport. So unlike the other two guys who just knew that they could throw something hard, Joe actually looked at the paper airplane thing like, how do I throw a paper airplane hard? And so that resulted in him working on a way to drop his elbow. Most quarterbacks throw with an elbow up kind of throwing position. So he dropped his elbow so that the wings on the plane were more level on the launch and then consciously worked on smoother acceleration. And um, he, was, he turned out it to worked. be pretty much the perfect guy. Yeah. <laughs> Cause you know, it was like, it was like, uh, it must be like what calling an artillery rounds is like, you could tell Joe, right. <laughs> throw it that doorknob and throw that and about three feet up. And it would just put it right on the money right there. And then whatever adjustments I made to the plane would, would then do their thing. So just the confidence of just knowing that the throw was right there. And I just had to worry about making the plane fit his throw. Um, that was the whole, that became the whole thing. And we were like a machine, a well-oiled machine. It was really an interesting synergy. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And again, I love the video when you break the record, you go in and jump in and being excited with them. And <laughs> it's just a lot of fun. You could tell that you guys cared about it, you're into it. And so let's go back to breaking the record then. That happens and you start getting inundated with calls and people just all over want to talk to you. What is that like after you break the record? You have to hire an it was, agent? 
<laughs> I still don't have an agent. Well, that's not true. I, I finally have uh, people that are booking me gigs now. But nice. um, um, yeah, but that that's taken like ten years to happen to have, uh, yeah. which is kind of weird. But uh, but yeah, lots of calls. You know, people. You know, uh, radio and TV. They wanted to interview. I ended up on on the Conan O'Brien show, which was <laughs> so much fun. He's just as goofy in person as he is on TV, so that was a blast. <laughs> Uh, but, um, everybody, you know, uh, Disney discovery, ESPN, uh, you know, just, uh, on and on and on, uh, yeah. you know, wired, um, uh, I'm, I'm probably leaving out half a dozen really important ones. Ripley's believe it or not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A, so a I'm bunch. a wired subscriber. And the cool thing too, is they said, you're the most viral video they've ever had was your series of videos of making the airplane. Yeah. Crazy. Great. And that was, um, I had just done my self-published book. Uh, with with that whole collection of planes in it, and and uh, I had done that right before the wired piece happened. Just was serendipitous. They didn't know that I had done a book or anything. Uh, and it's like Amazon is like ordering one or two of those at a time, you know. And I'm I'm getting killed just from postage, you know, because I'm self publishing. And uh, <laughs> then the wired piece hits, and all five thousand copies of the book that I printed instantly gone. I have yeah. to do another fast order. So the uh, wired literally launched my self published book. I mean, that just was fantastic. Uh, more more than Conan did for the uh, the Random House book, but <laughs> yeah, it was just you know Conan's one of those things people watch and people remember, but it's not an audience like Wired that are leaning forward, hungry to go do something after the experience, right? So it's like two different kinds of audiences. One is like sitting back and laughing, and it's the end of the day, and the other one is like really, how can I get more? <laughs> and so uh, geeking out, get more Absolutely. audience, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. What was probably the coolest interview or video or TV experience you've had in your paper airplane career? Was it going to a place or was it speaking at an event or something? What was the standout if you had to put your finger on the one paper airplane coolest thing you've done? Uh, the thing that stands out in my mind the most was one of the most disastrous. It was. Okay. <laughs> it was Isn't that how funny our brains work, right? <laughs> we go to the negative. You're this world record holder, but you're going to tell us a story about a disaster. So uh, I get invited to do this show uh, because of uh, an event that I was at Google Zeitgeist, which is this high end Google thing. It's they, it's like a, a feel good moment for everybody who spends a, a lot of money uh, <laughs> on Google stuff. So it's all these C-level guys and up and they have entertaining things at this event once a year. So I was one of the entertaining things. And I meet this guy who was like the biggest talk show host in Brazil. If you, you know, if you know, if you know anything about Brazilian TV, you know who this guy is. And so I meet him after doing my thing and he goes, you got to come and be on my show. So I'm thinking, this is, this is awesome. I'm going to Rio. Rio. <laughs> I go to Rio to be on TV. And so, um, and Rio's, you know, fun, you know, where they're, the hotel's not bad. We're, we're right, you know, next to the beach walk. And I, I think, uh, yeah, that was the trip that, uh, that I see, um, God, who's the yeah, who's the anchor uh, on um, uh, CNN? Uh, da, 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 uh, white Anderson hair. Cooper? Anderson Cooper. Anderson Cooper's walking down. <laughs> He's like, why, we're both in Rio at the same time. How does that happen? Anyway, weird. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I walk by. That's and then on the show, there's like the show is just insane. It's got a studio audience, and they're all going crazy. And he's it's one of those crazy South American things where he's got all these girls in skimpy outfits dressed up and they're like, <laughs> there's a live band and all this crazy stuff. And I'm supposed to be there a day in advance and they don't 
they're, they're not ready for me to rehearse in the studio or anything. And I'm just looking around and there's all this air conditioning. Unfortunately, the show is recorded. And so I wanted to kind of help facilitate this contest, but I'm going to do a little demo first. And there is so much air conditioning. It's, you know, it's summer in South America. And there's so much AC that the host is wearing two layers of sweater. I mean, he's like, he's like Dang. dressed up for the Arctic. There's so much air conditioning blasting onto the set and absolutely not a single plane works. It's the first time I've ever tried to do a demo with all my planes where it just is absolute, utter failure. Nothing worked. <laughs> but, but fortunately, I had sent them links to a bunch of stuff they could download, me doing other events. Where, and so they had a little video that they could edit into the show uh, and make it work. And the contest ended up going okay. But that was, uh, in terms of flying somewhere, completely foreign, com completely fun. And just being on a, it was just pandemonium. The show was just pandemonium start to finish. Yeah, that's wild. I would, I would imagine that being a very bad feeling. I've been on stage and goofed <laughs> and said something on a very small scale, and it's horrible. <laughs> and to be that guy that got brought in and the pressure of that, I could, I would definitely remember that too. I would say, that's and it's the it's the biggest, literally the biggest show. <laughs> yeah. Caldero do Huck is the name of the show. His name is Huck, and it's like the Cauldron of Huck. And so it's just, it literally is just anything you want. It's a real variety show. Uh, but uh, <laughs> wow. just the, ho the hoopla and the craziness of it. And, you know, having worked in TV and they had all this really fancy, expensive TV equipment, two jibs with cameras and two jib operators and flying cameras all over the place. And there's flashing lights and girls dancing and bands playing. It was like, wow, this is. And then the paper airplane guy. <laughs> and then the paper airplane guy. Nothing works. <laughs> Americans. Just a, <laughs> just a guy. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Thanks for being honest and sharing that. <laughs> we all can have those moments. <laughs> so going through the pandemic, the last thing we'll let you go about that time. You've gone and done virtual stuff. You've done stuff for kids. Talk about kind of where that came from, maybe stemmed from, if pardon the pun, of what is there <laughs> that you've kind of gone and helped with classrooms and you do virtual events and talk a little bit about that side of what you do. So, yeah, what I do most of and what I really love doing is uh, science, technology, engineering, art, math. Uh, and I pack all that into a paper airplane demonstration. So in, in a way, I'm like the world's worst magician. I'm going to do something really cool, <laughs> something, a really cool trick. And then I'm going to explain in detail how that trick works. <laughs> I'm going to suck the magic right Take out, the of, magic right right out of it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> um, but what it is, it's, a, it's like a hand-waving fluid dynamics uh, explanation. We talk about everything from you know, uh, wing loading to, you know, to stalls and, you know, how lift works and how, how it doesn't work. Um, you know, how do you, how do you get a plane to look like it's flapping its wings? You know, all these really fun tricks. Uh, and, you know, I can't walk through the aerodynamics involved to give kids, you know, and adults, uh, yeah. a better handle on how science works and, and how aerodynamics works. Um, and it's just, it's just a fun time. You know, it's about uh, 20 minutes, 25 minutes, uh, 30 minutes, depending on the questions of demonstration and interaction. And then, you know, 15 minutes of learning how to fold the world's best plane. And then everybody goes and, and uh, gives it some test flying. So it's, it's really, really fun. That's the order of events for live and person ones. Yeah. And I flip it for virtual ones. I, I have the plane folding happen first because it's, it's easier to do it first with a virtual event. Um, you can imagine the chaos you would create if you put a paper airplane in 300 people's hands and then ask them to pay attention after that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was a middle school pastor. And there's a couple of times where we would have props or hand something out and you never do it at the beginning. 
No, <laughs> don't do that. That's a recipe for disaster. But you can, for the virtual ones, get them folding right away. And so uh, I've kind of flipped that. It gives them something to hang on to and look at and reference when we're talking about these other aerodynamic ideas. So uh, that my um, presentation has adapted substantially uh, for the virtual ones. Um, I just kind of reformulated the whole show. Uh, flip, flip the order of events. We get them folding right away. Uh, and in some ways, it's, it's actually kind of better. They can hold their plane up. And if you've got, you know, uh, 40 kids holding their plane up at the same time, it's really easy to see uh, who's on the right track, who's on the wrong track, who needs a little more help. Um, so that getting through the, um, the kind of fixes, the sort of ad lib fixes that you always do, uh, is, was more efficient, is more efficient in the virtual world. So both of them kind of have uh, advantages. I really love being with, with people and doing demos in front of people, nothing better. But uh, the virtual one, you know, it's got its place. I'm hoping to do a few more of those. Um, I know that people are sick of it. <laughs> Oh man! But you know, the Dude, commute's way better for me all the way from my bedroom <laughs> into my office here. I have a 10 foot commute for virtual ones. So yeah, <laughs> that's a plus for sure. So we have a lot of teachers. If somebody's interested in that, we'll put a link to your website in the show notes here as well. And we'll talk about it. And if somebody's looking to book you, that'd be awesome. My seventh grade science fair project was the longest paper airplane flight. I have been waiting. I didn't told you that yet. I just, I will remember uh, I'm trying to go back and channel that for this contest and i remember <laughs> loving that and making science interesting and fun and finding something to do it was really cool and again if you're a teacher if your school's looking to bring somebody in like that to be able to do videos we'd love for you to get with john and we'll put that link in there to contact him as well and we're excited to have you john in person april 17th easter sunday you'll be here easter sunday i will be there that's with awesome. planes ready to that's make it right. rock and we're gonna have fun <laughs> we're gonna have a good time so thanks for downloading listening to this episode john thank you for coming on we appreciate you being here with us, and we will see you here in just a couple weeks. Can't wait. My pleasure. <laughs> <laughs>